0: Welcome to ABW, I was about to say ABW Live, I guess we are live, so yeah, that counts. Your your normal podcast, Um, I'm sort of the host this week, we're not really going to have a host, we're just going to chat nonsense as usual. Uh, Tonight I'm joined by, of Gunas
1: fame, Mr Stokes, how are you? Uh, Buenos dias, senor, very good indeed, happy to be here.
0: I'm really glad you translated that for me because I'm terrible with language, (laughs) Seriously. I'm, I'm sure that's what he actually said. He didn't call me a twat or anything. Um, speaking know. of <laughs> speaking of twats, I'm also joined by Danny. You cheeky
2: monkey, <laughs>
0: how are you? I'm good, mate. I've missed you. It's been
2: a while. It's uh, you're you're uh, you're such a hardworking man. You've actually you've broken the Chris Carpenter record of five consecutive no-shows. I mean, Chris I is devastated. He works really hard at that.
0: Weirdly. It was actually, I mean, I'm going to blame Stokes for this. I was in Birmingham last week, so it's his fault. Um, I'm going to claim that he tied me up in his basement. And that's why I was so I suppose I am back.
1: fairly close to Birmingham. So, yeah, yeah. it could have happened. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, well, for all intents and purposes, it did happen. Maybe I was momentarily out of my body. <laughs> it's the it's the quantum physics thing.
0: You can be in two places at once, right? On the quantum level, you were kidnapped. In
1: one place, I was having a biscuit. And the next place, I was in a basement tying you up. Yeah.
0: That's that's how much we've got to talk about tonight and what's been going on in the world of Arsenal. No, that's not true at all. There's actually quite a bit to talk about. Um, do we want to talk about the postponement thing and all the bollocks with the league and everyone going mental, the journalists, and how everyone now hates Arsenal again? Does it mean, we're are we officially back, Danny? Are the Arsenal back now that
2: everyone hates us? I think it is because we saw that everyone was having a, a bitch and a whine about us and then Burnley go and cancel their fifth game of the season and everyone goes... Oh, well, Burnley have just gone and sold their main striker. Oh, well, they're selling players, so they've got more players out and they've not bought anybody. But that's Burnley, isn't it? And no one really cares. And then uh, there's, we've cancelled, we've done one. In fact, we've turned up for one when we had hardly any players and uh, managed to get a nil-nil at Anfield. And I think that's just made a lot of people. Yeah, they hate us. The more, I think Arsenal fans should take great um, joy at the fact that when everyone hates us, it's because we're doing well. Three, under peak peak um, Wenger, <sighs> Peak Wenger, that, that decade of dismay. No one no one picked
1: on us because no one cared because we were rubbish. The that worst bad, part baby. of that is we were getting sympathy from people like Alex Ferguson. That's when you know you've become a threat to no one. And Adrian Durham has been nice about us.
0: <laughs> yeah, that, that is disappointing. I, I felt like, I don't know, I felt sort of rejuvenated this week. It was like, well, this like feels like being an Arsenal fan of sort of 10, 15 years ago. Like... People are talking about us this way because we're in contention to maybe win a trophy and be in the shout for top four and things like that again. And, uh, you know, other clubs going, oh, typical Arsenal cheating, getting away with things or getting referee decisions and all this sort of stuff. Oh, I I forgot this, this like directed hatred that I feel towards myself and my club. It brings me joy. It's bizarre. It's a really weird feeling.
2: (laughs) It is very odd. I did have a list here of um of all the games that have oh we go i'm just going to upload this um of all the games so far oh, that's agent's fees i think i've done
1: the wrong one yeah I'd, I'd... <laughs> well it looks like i right, really. mean there's plenty of questions about what kind of agent that's in relation to
2: <laughs> it was a list of all the games that have been oh here we go they look similar in fact there you go there's the agent's fees if anybody cares arsenal 16 million that's ridiculous we're not talking about that um it's there I mean, this was happened before the Burnley one. All those games called off. Now, how many of these, John, did were Arsenal's full? Uh
0: Zero. Even though we are involved in one, it was Wolves who asked to postpone um, the game. When was that? That was just after Christmas, right? Before
2: New Year. Yeah, yeah and I think Chelsea. It
0: was like Twenty twenty-eight, something like that, wasn't
2: it? Well, the Chelsea one's postponed because they're off to play the European World Super Cup. Thing, whatever, whatever that nonsense that's called. And the Liverpool one postponed because they uh they they had a trillion to one odds, didn't they?
0: Something ridiculous. I don't know what the odds were, but yeah, it was absurd. The number of uh false positives that they said they had. Um I will for like for balance sake, not that we do much balanced on here. Um <laughs> it's normally pretty biased being an Arsenal podcast. I do think the rules are fucking stupid, um, to be perfectly honest. Like, last season, it was obviously, if players had COVID or you had an X number of players with COVID, then you could postpone a game, which was fine because there was nothing you could do about that. Um, it was just going around everywhere um, and the clubs really couldn't make any or put anything in place or measures for it. They did as much as they could, I guess. Um, but the fact that it's, Banded it this season to include injuries, which I do get a little bit because of the amount of games that players are being asked to play now in like this season and last season. You've got an increased chance of injury, but then adding in like AFCON and suspensions and everything else. It's just it makes no sense whatsoever. So um, I mean, I've got no problem with Arsenal asking for it to be postponed. Um, I, I I mean, there's a Spurs guy I work with at work and he was like furious about it. He was really, really angry about it. He's going, oh, your club and your team's a disgrace and you're only doing it because Jacques had got himself sent off and now you've loaned out Balogun and Maitland-Niles and all these guys. And I was like, it's in the rules. And then I said to him, well, what about Spurs? They had four games cancelled. He said, we only postponed the Wrens one and we got kicked out of the competition. We're going to take it to court and all oh, this other bollocks. I was like, ah, <laughs> Just everyone seems so bitter about it, but it's the fact the media immediately jumped on Arsenal doing it and just, like, went ham on us rather than any other club. I think Burnley have had the most games postponed. I think they've got, like,
2: six games or something stupid in hand. Um, I'm looking at the Premier League. The, the, um, uh, Burnley have got six games in hand yeah, on six, Chelsea.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's bizarre. And I, if they win then, they little go table Yeah, I feel a little... I I do have one tiny little bit of like um, feeling for Burnley in the fact that Chris Wood wasn't sold as much as his buyout clause, which the fact that Chris Wood has a buyout clause is a bizarre thing to me. I can't imagine that ever... At what point did Chris Wood or his agent think he was good enough a player that he needed a buyout clause in his contract?
1: That buyout uh, clause is then ten, yeah, fine, 20
0: million, no one's going to pay yeah, that. Yeah, no one's going to come in and pay that. But it's almost like did. in
1: Spain yeah. where they go, it's one
2: one billion pounds. Yeah. I mean, they've signed a player there, they've put a one billion release clause on it. Yeah,
0: they? I think mean, uh, it's that 18-year-old kid, isn't it, who was like amazing at the Euros. I think mean, it's something stupid
2: like that. A billion. Oh, at Barcelona, the... Um, is it Pettler? Gavi, not- Gavi, Gavi, no. Gavi. Is it Gavi. I can't yeah, I think
0: remember his is. name. Yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. know that he looks like a 12-year-old and it makes me feel very, very old. I um, oh, don't. But yeah, the, the rules to me don't make any sense. I, I, I don't get them. Um, I don't think they should have been put in place the way they were. But the fact is, they're there. So why, as a club, would you not try and maximise your opportunities to win games?
1: It's just, it's very much selective outrage, isn't it? I mean, the problem isn't that Arsenal applied for a postponement and... The problem is they got an idiotic set of rules that enables teams to do so. I mean, no one cared when any of the other ones were doing it. And the minute Arsenal put in a request, a request that's perfectly valid and they're perfectly entitled to do, as soon as they put that in, then it's like they've taken a shit in a centre circle and asked someone to come and verify it. It's just madness. It's just... Half of it, I think, is there's you know, to an extent, there's a genuine sort of animosity towards Arsenal from certain pundits and especially certain pundits who've been made to look a bit stupid by said Arsenal players of the past. So I always think that that sort of plays, like especially Carragher and Neville, who've been in their own way, both have been mugged off by Arsenal's players plenty of times. You can see that the degree of sort of disdain that both of them hold I mean, they do their best to be impartial, but you can, you know, like, it's always their line underneath the surface. And the, and the other part of it was just, it's sensationalism, isn't it? People, and especially if you're looking at um, products like TalkSport or anything else that, you know, has a required level of interaction and clicks that they've got to have on a monthly basis in order for their sponsors to stay involved, then they very, very purposely put forward faux outrage and sort of sensationalist nonsense like that just to attract people there's a very good example of what I mean the other day where they had, I'm sure you guys would have seen it, where they had a caller on a caller, oh, God, an yeah, Arsenal fan yeah. and this caller was saying that Dennis Bergkamp was overrated <laughs> I will bet every last penny that I have that that guy was not an Arsenal fan it was some spotty, spotty fucking intern in the talk sport yeah. offices where they said phone in and do this because it will make people interact with what we're saying Yeah, it's just bullshit.
0: I mean, and and the thing, the funniest thing on that video is Andy Goldstein. I think was one of the guys who was in the studio at the time, and he's laughing almost to the point of like, "This can't be serious. Like, this can't be an actual Arsenal fan." Um,
1: If it isn't a plan, then it's somebody phoning up and saying a load of nonsense just to get the intention that will come with it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah,
1: because I reckon if you actually go out and ask your average rational you know, well-thought-out football fan, what they think are the postponements, and they would say, the rules are stupid. Yeah. But the teams, you know, adhering to the rules and the te- teams making requests on in the lines of the rules are doing nothing wrong. Like Michael Richard said, Arsenal have done nothing wrong. It's just easy to sort of jump on that um, angry bandwagon.
0: Yeah, and it's it's got this, for me, it's got this really weird situation now of, because of the sort of, obvious tribalism in football. But the Spurs fan at work, uh, I'd get on with him fine and stuff and when we talk about football, obviously he's bent back and forth and he always loses because you know they haven't got any trophies. But it, we always wind each other up about certain things. But it really irritated him. And I was like speaking to like a Liverpool fan and West Ham and stuff. And they were sort of like, oh, I think it's kind of nonsense and you probably shouldn't have been allowed to have the game off. But the whole thing's rubbish. And obviously I, the Spurs is gonna dislike Arsenal more. But I think when there's this you, you know, this game's supposed to go ahead and if you were of the rival club, whether it is Spurs or whoever, if you see an opportunity to take on a weaker Arsenal team and get a result, that's huge for you, you know, as a club. And I'm sure that um, fans of Watford and Burnley and Leicester and stuff for games they've had cancelled, they've probably also gone about, they're probably talking about in the same way that we are, that if it's them who've cancelled it, they'll be like, yeah, this is fine. This is helping us out. But if it's one of their games and the opponent's cancelled it and they had a chance to beat the opponent because of them having a weakened squad, they'll be frustrated and annoyed by it. And now you've got this sort of weird thing where fans are cheering when a game gets cancelled. you, you know, you're not just a football fan anymore. You're like, you're actively going, oh, I hope this game gets cancelled because this will piss off the other, you know, the opposition fans. It's a really bizarre situation to be in.
2: It is a bit weird, but they'll all do it. But I agree with you, John, that it should be. They should say from the 1st of February, you play the game. If uh, like, There's been a big thing made of uh, Bayern Munich, their entire bench of, I think, 10 or 11 players, or however many it was, there was not a single player on the bench who had ever made a Bundesliga um, start. I don't know if it's appearances or starts. So do it. I don't care. It's I'd like to see some of them because it's swings and roundabouts. We may well have uh, had the advantage when it comes to playing Liverpool in the League Cup. Because uh, Liverpool apparently would have had all those players out, but then we'd have lost the advantage against Spurs because we had no midfield. So it's just like we have VAR and red cards and all that lot. It evens itself out over the season, but they should say first of February games have been played, no matter what. Otherwise, yeah, I mean, where agree. Burnley? Where are Burn? Do you agree, James? I do. Yeah, where, where are Burnley going to be able to fit in those six games? Not just yeah. in their own schedule, but if I go and have a look at, do you know? I don't know who the Burnley six games are against. We've got them, uh, if I go and click on Burnley... We've got them over the weekend, haven't we, Burnley?
0: It will, yeah, if, if the game happens, yeah.
2: The games <laughs> that have been suspended for them was... Uh, I know, they've not done them. They've not um, put postponed, they've just moved them to an, um, or deleted mm-hmm. them from it. But it's not probably not going to be that hard for Burnley to be able to play and play all those six, extra six games in hand, but it's going to be the teams they're playing against. They're going yeah. to have to fit those in. And if you're playing a team that is doing in, in the FA Cup or if it's one of the ones uh, like Chelsea have got to the League Cup final, us and, and Liverpool, and they're playing in Europe as well, you can't be playing any more than three games a week at the most if you're doing what I suppose you can do uh, a Saturday, a Tuesday, what, a Friday? And then they can, you can't do that week after week. No, so I mean,
0: it's, it's like us at the moment. We've got, what, two games in February right now? I don't know, obviously, yeah. we're out of the FA Cup, but at the moment, we've got two matches. Um, that's like, that, so there's like a big window there where we can fit other games in. And it, the problem comes with, depending on who, on who your postponed games are against, trying to squeeze those in around their own fixtures. And they've, they've got the added headache now, the Premier League have put themselves in this position of, they're trying to wrap, they really wanted to wrap this league season up early because of the World Cup in the winter.
2: In November, December, year, they want yeah, to start the league
0: coming, early. Yeah, so they want to start the league early. So they've shot themselves in the foot here. Um, yeah. I think the issue they've got now is that because like the horse has bolted, so to speak, I do agree. I think they should just go back to the rules or it's COVID cases, nothing else, basically. If you've got injuries, it's, I'm sorry, that's just unlucky. That happens every season. Every team has to deal with injuries. If you haven't got big enough squad or you haven't got enough depth in a certain position, that's bad squad management. Um but there's going to be so many teams now that if they flip the rules back to just COVID, that are going to fight against it. You're going to have to get every single. I think it's is it 14 or 16 clubs or something like that have to agree to pass any regulations to do with the Premier League. So it it um they've they've really fucked themselves over like big time. And I, I don't know how they're going to get out of it. To be honest, and I, I think the the issue in terms of the players is I do think it's going to end up causing player welfare issues in terms of their fitness and the strain they're putting on them because the amount of games they're going to have to squeeze in, they're going to get more and more injuries. And if you you put players through that sort of strain continuously, those injuries get more severe and get to the point where they can be career-threatening. And they're not doing anything to to help the players, really.
2: Um, I think they're talking in the chat. um, uh, Arf Emstow is saying uh, he's talking about... um we are a disgrace for loaning out players doing a transfer window. I'm not sure if he's being ironic there, but there has been um, some... That's not Fenny, is it, surely? <laughs> um, who's he replying? Oh, he's replying. Don One said, uh, Arsenal on the back pages every newspaper. According to them, we are cheats for getting games postponed. Yeah, I thought he's just uh, he's a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but... You gotta worry about the transfer system though, haven't we? The way that we've let uh, Mari's gone out on loan. You know, we've got we've got about twenty seven players out on loan. I'm sure I was I was updating our web people if you want to know all the latest transfer information of actual done deals, go to birdcampwonderland dot not com and then uh, yeah, we've got twenty two players out on loan, seventeen players have left the club in, in, since since um the seasons began. So that's 39 players that have left the club, and only seven have come in, one of which was uh, Mika Beerith, who who's, uh, is only 18. But also, looking at that, do you know we've saved £925,170 a week on wages. Not because the number of players so when, when Pablo Mari's gone to Udinese he was going he's yeah. on 85 grand a week they're not paying 85 grand a week no
0: it's the same as Kalasinich at uh, Marseille isn't it that, that was weird paying him off and all that sort of thing I, I think for the sort of the players that are first team or near the first team the majority of them weren't like Pablo Mari played what I think he's appeared twice all season maybe in the league he's been on the bench two, three times, if that. So he was never in the plans for the squad this year anyway. I think Arteta would probably have rather have given the time to someone from the academy like coming through. He's Um, played
2: 270 minutes in all competitions, three three appearances.
0: And to be fair, a lot of that was down to the fact we had so many people out at the start of the season, wasn't it? And because of COVID. So I don't think you can really count Marie, although he's listed as a first-team player. Uh, Balogun again, played at the start of the season because we had no one at all, but otherwise wouldn't have realistically been playing this season. I think it's the only reason why he didn't go out on loan at the start of the season was because of the injuries we had. Ah, Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have been loaned out then.
2: A bit on that. Kevin Campbell said the way they do it in football, when you're making your way through, if you're a young player, they want six months of you hanging out with the first team, getting used to first team football, but not actually playing. And then they send you out after six months on loan. And that's exactly what happened with Baligan. So Kev Campbell was right with that. Yeah. That was on the high risk. <coughs> I heard that.
0: I think the the one question mark about of all the players that were sent out was probably Maitland Niles. Like I think he's pretty clear his future obviously isn't at Arsenal. That that seems pretty apparent, I think, to most people. But there was definitely a question mark about whether we could have waited one more game day before oh, we sent yeah. him. Just, you know, it's put him in for the FA Cup game or something like that. And um, maybe I'm not saying that would make the result any difference because I thought everyone was pretty useless that day probably but he could have played in note.
1: midfield he would have been yeah, pretty decent yeah, yeah, it I mean, pretty evident that Patino wasn't really ready to step up to it no it?
0: no not at all Um, you know so I think that's the one question mark in terms of the lines out we've made but you, you can't I don't think you can punish a club for making transfers either again it's the Premier League's fault they've got themselves in this weird situation where It looks like on the face of it, it looks very bad for Arsenal to say, we don't have enough players to, you know, uh, get a squad together. And then two players immediately go out on loan. It's like, well, hang on a minute. Maybe that's why you haven't got enough players. But we're not the only team that's done it.
2: And we don't know whether we've had a deal agreed with a player. Um, with yeah. another club and gone, right, we're going to get this Arthur Mello in. All right, um, AMN, you can go out on loan now. And then uh, Juve have gone, actually, there's a little snag here we can't quite do. And you go, i yeah. will have to the blade go. Um, <coughs> it's not that about to happen. Yeah. So, uh, again, I I think we all agree that the
0: rules are just really badly written and haven't been thought out at all. Um, but I don't have any problem with what Arsenal have done. And equally, I, I don't have all of the other clubs who've asked for postponements, I don't have a problem with them either. The only one that is a little bit iffy, and this might sound a bit conspiracy, is the Liverpool one just because of the number of false positives. I mean, obviously it is possible to have that. We've had some people at work who've had false positives in the office, office, but obviously not that number or whatever the odds are to get them all on one day. Um, So that's the only one to me that's a bit questionable. I just the outrage for me and stuff. I've just found it hilarious, honestly, and the fact that Mika Richards just sat there so calmly in the Sky Studio and was just like Arsenal haven't done anything wrong, and all the other people just like, oh, hang on a minute, y- you work for Sky, you're supposed to, you know, keep keep promoting us. We want the football on the TV so we can make our money. If that was a, uh, you know, Arsenal against I don't know uh, Burnley, for example, and even if it wasn't Sky, I don't think there's going to be anywhere near as much outrage because other than Arsenal and Burnley fans, no-one else is going to watch that game. Arsenal-Spurs <laughs> is a bit different. Rival fans will watch that and go, I don't particularly like either of these teams. Hopefully, they'll kick the shit out of each other and I can enjoy that. You know, it's like, I, don't, I don't like Chelsea or Tottenham, but I always watch the game because they kick lumps out of each other and it's funny.
1: That's clor- what is that above my
2: head? <laughs> That's uh, an aged picture of Dennis Bergkamp. If uh, you should move your camera to, the, uh, to your left a bit, then you'd be in the middle of your shot. Uh, all we need behind you now is little things saying five foot nine, five foot ten, six foot. <laughs> it does
1: look like that, but this is the only place in the house I can really do it. Uh, I'm sat yeah. downstairs in the dining room. It's just a plain white wall behind me. There, 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 there's,
0: there's, there's enough Arsenal podcasters with, you know, I get, you criminal, criminal photos
1: <laughs> up here. Uh, are your Lego people of me, uh, my wife, and my little boy up there? You're a chef on that, aren't you? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Didn't she cut your head off the other day? I had Lego Deadpool cut my head off. Nice. Living the life. Uh, Spurs are losing 1 0 to Leicester City at the moment. That's oh, magnificent mo- news for us. Game in hand FC are losing, are they? Oh, yeah. yeah, well they've got all those games down. they're gonna be well, they're gonna be fighting for the title with all their their um <laughs> Oh, Steph says it's nice to see you back on, John. Well, thank you very much. We all have a WhatsApp group. There's, I think, there's eleven of us in the ABW one. Every day, everyone talks, apart from maybe Chris, because he's he's busy being a hipster. But all of us talk, even Jock. Jock's very busy, so we are all. No one's falling out of anybody. Just the, you know, life is busy at the moment for a lot of people. are... Chris, Chris
0: pipes up if things are going wrong, so he can moan about Arteta or to tell yes. us how good Gwendozi is.
2: Yeah, so we've not heard from him <laughs> since November. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've. Uh, Should we talk about the the Liverpool game, Um, the upcoming one tomorrow night? Uh, The post-game is going to be me, Femster and one other. As usual, um, I've had two replies from people asking if anyone's going to do the shows tomorrow. I'd do it, but I
1: wouldn't be back on time tomorrow night. I've got um, an important dining thing on tomorrow night. We don't want to wear you out. you get pod fever. You've done two in a row. I don't mind. Um, I'm, I'm quite happy to do more. It's good. It's nice to. Have oh, you
0: on. I I would be on, but I'm going to be furiously masturbating, uh, looking at <laughs> Jurgen Klopp's visible face after we beat them.
1: And me too, but I just thought I'd, you know, make an excuse. There was- <laughs> I actually got trousers on today. You'll be glad to hear because it's so bloody cold. I put them
2: on. Um, are we, James? Are you confident that we're going to beat them tomorrow?
1: Because I am. Do you know what? I mean, I'm airing for once on a side of optimism and confidence, and I just. I think it's the Arsenal thing to do. Is I think we'll really put in a good performance, and I think we can beat Liverpool. I mean, without Salah and Mane, their attack is easily seventy-five percent worse off. Um, so there's a part of me that thinks that we've got the crowd behind us. It's going to be a good atmosphere in the stadium. I think that um, we're going to. Um, I don't. I don't want to be. I hate being too sort of confident about we're going to win because I find that always comes and bites you on the ass. I always err on the side of being the, um, the downbeat, miserly sort of voice of discontent and sorrow in the background that doesn't think we'll do anything and just sits there and hopes that we will. But I do have a good feeling about it. But that said, I mean, it's equally as plausible that Liverpool could win. I mean, there's a part that thinks that often when you've got the burden or the weight of expectation, and I find that often that could favour the away team, that Look could this be James. Liam Greyhurst. It all depends if Jack has money on us winning. <laughs> <laughs> well let's hope he doesn't. Um so yeah, I mean, yeah. I reckon I reckon we can win. I reckon I'm not gonna tie myself to any predictions because but I'm quietly confident, I'm quietly happy that we actually can beat them tomorrow night there you take Salah and Mani out of that team and they are infinitely beatable yeah, Salah, it's, um, it's, it's
2: a very different one. team in it mm. Egypt are 1-0 up at the moment and, and it looks like that means they're
1: finished second in their group I suppose a lot, a, a, lot, a, lot, a lot will depend Longman. on which of our players are back because Xhaka won't be will he oh no he's he banned so you're so looking at banned. probably yeah. you're looking at probably Sambi and A other which I wouldn't be surprised if it's Ben White, because you think if, to, especially if Tommy Asu's back, then you could play holding Gabriel and Tommy Asu, and that's a fairly safe back four. Of the players that we've got, he's about the only one I think can make that transition to a midfielder and be good there. It definitely won't be Patino. I'd be very surprised if it's Patino. How
2: about, um, Femster says, um, Sambi and Odegaard. Odegaard yeah. should be back from his... His illness.
1: It I was...
0: Um, the problem I, you
1: have with Odegaard there, It's the same problem you had when he played there with Sambi the, or Patino played there. If they're playing two and I think they should against Liverpool because Liverpool, if we play Sambi as one holder, Liverpool will walk all over us in midfield. Um, so they need to play two there and Odegaard's natural predilection is to go forward. So even if he's sort of drilled to stay back, he's going to want to instinctively go forward. And that's going to leave Sambi isolated. And I think you look at Liverpool, they win and lose games by how, well they, how good they are at pressing and how effective and combative their midfield is. And if we put one against that, we will struggle.
0: Yeah, there were some pitches today that got deleted very quickly. I don't think they were supposed to be posted. And Sakatini and Erdegaard were all in the training session. So you would assume that means they're all fit and available. Um, for tomorrow. The, I, I do tend to agree with James. The, the one thing I will say is the way to beat Liverpool is you either have to get them to press and then go long. And when you've got Ramsdale on goal, you do have that option because I know in the first leg he, his passing was not there at all. But if he's on song, then the balls he can hit to Martinelli and Saka because they will just leave that much space, Liverpool. Just basically ignore their midfield and completely bypass it. But if you do put Odegaard in there and you do try and play out from the back the way we do, if they can break the lines of the first, the sort of for the front free pushing and get it into Odegaard, his ability to spin on the ball and then release one of the wide men it is another way to score. I think a big thing about it as well will be the atmosphere, and I just think everything that's happened. You know, this week, the fact the first leg of the game got postponed by Liverpool, um, the general animosity between Arsenal and Liverpool fans anyway, the things Klopp said, the way Arteta spoke today in his press conference, um, was it we will fight uh, tooth and nail for this club. And um, some teams come out and talk about uh, the rules and the FA and the Premier League. We've never questioned any team postponing a game and anything. I mean, it just gets the fans more on side and, and to be fair, the fans, home and away, have been great all season. And I do think, I know people sort of go on about it sometimes, but the, the whole 12th man thing does make a huge difference.
1: That's um, why Liverpool are so good at Anfield. Yeah. Yeah, he is. It's, when they get that crowd rolled yeah. up, they're a nightmare to play against.
0: Yeah. I mean, Henry said it, didn't he? He said it, like, his favourite away ground was Anfield, just because the, the atmosphere was incredible. And he I mean, that's a guy who's played all over the world in the biggest stadiums ever. So... Um, yeah I do think the crowd will play a big part in it um, my, the, the worry is though is the midfield because although Xhaka can be a liability obviously and I'm, I'm sure we'll bring on his possible ill-doings um, I mean
1: it never ends at the moment doesn't it yeah I mean,
0: it's the thing it's never a quiet news day as an Arsenal fan it's great and there's always something to talk about I, yeah I don't know what you do Erdegaard would seem like the is the obvious sort of choice if Smith Row's available, then maybe you can play him there. If, um, if you
1: had to pick between Smith Rowe and Odegaard, it'd be Smith Rowe to play there, in my opinion. Yeah, I, just think, I think more physically yeah. built for that kind of role.
0: Yeah, I, I, I do think he's better, at it. And also, I think that the way he drives with the ball, um, the fact he's a bit, he would be a bit deeper in the pitch. I actually think would benefit him, um, almost in the way that they started putting like wiggers at fullback and stuff, so they had more room to run. Um, but I assume the rest of the team would be Saka, Martinelli. And then the question is, on depending on who's available, it will be Lacazette up front or if smith not available, Werdegaard will be midfield and then Lacazette 10 and uh, Enketia, I guess, is the forward, maybe. You would, would so, wouldn't you? Yeah, would, would be my guess for it. And then the back four, yeah, if Tommy is available, it just goes straight back in at right back, doesn't he? Um, I, I'm not against putting Ben White in midfield, but also I just. There's a
1: little, there's a part of me that wonders whether or not Arteta, if we're really short in midfield, will go with five at the back. So yeah, you can works. essentially will, play with you? the spare man. It's, when you've got the spare man and someone who's as good in possession as White is, I can see yeah. the benefits to playing. And it makes us more solid. I think if we go into the game with a one pivot of Samby, who has great as he is is not that most experienced especially in you know high pressure fixtures like a semi-final where it's whoever wins wins I wouldn't be surprised if he went with if we've got the first choice back four and holding available I wouldn't be surprised if he went like that just because you can you know play white that little bit more ahead of the two and you don't lose anything in terms of distribution from the back
0: yeah and I think the other thing with that is is that even if he wanted to, I mean, I assume Cedric is injured and never do plays an to go Arsenal again. again. I really, he's I really, evil. yeah, I really hope he is injured. But you know, Tommy Asu as well is another guy who's really good with his distribution on the ball, right or left foot. So it, he could even tuck in as a third centre back if he wanted to do that. Uh, you know, there's a few, I think there's more options with the back four than there is anywhere else on the pitch, or back four or back five.
1: As I said, that, that, that's where my concern lies, that hmm. if we line up similarly to how we did against Forest, and we'd line up like that against a team as good as Liverpool, and Liverpool probably wouldn't... I wouldn't be surprised if they go there with a mindset of not high-pressing and let us come on to them, try and pick us off. Yeah. Because they're equally as good at both.
0: Yeah. I, I, I can't see Arteta really going with a single pivot. I think the Forest game was... Him saying, you should be good enough to play with yeah. a single pivot and two eights, essentially, uh, to beat them. And technically, yeah, they should. I mean, Patino, he's a young kid, so you, you sort of give them a pass. I think it was more down to the players, you know, cocking up. And Arteta should have changed things earlier, to be fair. But um, they they had enough to win that game. But I don't think you can do that against Liverpool. You've got to play the the double pivot.
2: Well, in the injury table, it says, Thomas Party. this was a quote from today, Uh, they played last night, it was a huge disappointment for Thomas, he's out now, so he needs to be fully focused and involved with Arsenal as soon as possible, potential return date the 23rd, and Granit Xhaka suspended, Tommy Ashu, calf shin, heel injury, late fitness test for tomorrow, 50% chance, and then Smith Rowe, uh, groin, hip, pelvic injury, uh that quote from there is ages old and it says late fitness test for tomorrow, fifty percent. Odegaard, COVID, late fitness test for tomorrow. Um, Suarez, twenty-five percent chance late fitness test, Saka, um fifty percent chance tomorrow. Uh, he felt something in the last minute. He was really fatigued, and I don't know. He's a young boy and he recovered pretty quick, recovers pretty quickly. He's played a lot of minutes this month. He's high 50%. Callum Chambers has got a knock, late fitness test, 25%. And then we've got the the other rest of them that are all uh, at the AFCON. So we've got five players at the AFCON because um, Rekic, or whatever you say his name. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Here. Yeah, the I, forgot,
1: I forgot about that. Oh,
2: um,
1: kind of scored. Uh, Makes you realise just how be- down to the bare bones we actually are.
0: Yeah, I could see someone like Aziz, who's been called back from his loan, being on the bench tomorrow. Uh, you know, players like that. Um, he's really central midfield is the area we're sure. And that, midfield, I mean, I, I read today midfield. that um, Party might even be back for the Burnley game. Like they want to try and get him back in for that quickly.
1: Because Liverpool won't have Naby Keita, will they? They'll have... But they'll still have Fabinho, Milner, Oxley, chamberlain
2: Henderson. Minamino. Um,
1: yeah. uh, Thiago's injured, isn't he?
0: Yes, he is at the moment, yeah.
1: Um, but they'll still have enough to put a bloody good midfield out there, won't they? Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So it's it's not going to be an easy game, um, but I think we've got enough. And I think the the way they played um, in that first league... Down to 10 men. And the fact they still created chances, I think, is a big thing. Like realistically, think about it, we had better chances to get to score than than Liverpool did in that game, despite being with 10 men. Um, I think that will give the the players the confidence that, you know, they're not going to go out there and get scared. Um, sort of in the way they did uh was it the Man United game? Where they they almost seemed like they were playing against the badge rather than the players. I, 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 I don't really see that happening against Liverpool. Uh, equally to be fair Liverpool didn't play at their best level I know it wasn't their best team but they could have played better themselves as well so I do expect them to be better uh, for the game tomorrow as well
2: First team this season to go to Anfield and keep a clean sheet which is absolutely amazing when was the last time you saw a team like the end of the Man City game in the end of the Liverpool game where all of our players are laying on the floor
1: absolutely knackered? It looks like they've just done. On the subject uh, of trivia, am I not? Am I right in saying Arsenal are also the last team to go to Anfield and score four, five and six?
2: <laughs> Arshavin and uh, Julio Batista, isn't it? And then the five, five in the league cup. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we are. Yeah. yeah. I think isn't, yeah. I, I do think the, the Arsenal Liverpool fixture is the, one with the most goals in Premier League history, yeah. I think. Something stupid I'd say like that.
2: that. Yeah. But them giving it all and laying down on the pitch after a game, it's like they've just done an FA Cup final with extra time and penalties and then lost on penalties. Yeah. Both of those games, they're laying on the floor. I've never seen Arsenal players give that much. Absolutely astounding. Um and, and the Liverpool, no matter what they could do, they did they couldn't break us down. And I was saying I was on um same old Arsenal last night, and I was saying, if you saw the the attacking performance against Man City where I mean how many times has Pep come out and gone they were the better team I don't think he almost never says that and then the the defensive performance against Liverpool just shows we've got it all we're absolutely just need to get that run of everybody being fit and everything working out and then you look at the
1: sort of naivety of youth and the sort of inexperience out of the way if they galvanize as a team then there is a bright bright future ahead
0: Yeah, I think you're still going to get this season and even into next season, you're going to get some weird fixtures where you go, how did we lose that game? And it will will just be young players. Um, Hopefully it will just be down to the fact that it's young players and generally an experienced team rather than the experienced players letting the the younger players down, as, as has been the case in a few games this season. Um, and that, that will still happen but I have zero problem with that because everything is going like in the right direction and it's also about you know, having a bit more depth in the squad in certain areas because as we've said like, 100 times already we're so light in midfield
1: so yeah um, seven people watching is that on Twitter or on YouTube?
2: On, oh on, uh, on YouTube we've got uh, 38 but on, on Twitch. We've got seven people. I bet, John, you're not even logged in, are you, to try and stat pad that?
0: Oh, God, I'm not stat padding. I'll, I'll twitch. <laughs> I'm, I'm so bad. I'm, I'm going to do a sneaky click over on this window and, and do that <laughs> someone else talks quickly.
2: <laughs> but like you were saying, John, I think that's a good point, that um, soon we are going to lose games. And if we go out tomorrow night and we lose 5-0 at home and we get knocked out of the cup, doesn't matter because they're a young team and they're learning. We haven't got all of our best players And these things are going to happen, aren't they, James? You just have to make... But there again, you'll have the same Doom merchants, the same clickbait muppets that are going
1: to be out there going, that's it, Arteta out, get them out. It's a learning process. I mean, i got to be honest with you. At the beginning of the season, I was probably one... I know probably about it. I was one of those people that was sort of, as Arteta done enough to really, you know, justify his... um, a position as Arsenal manager and at the time I didn't think so now I have a completely different opinion now I think and I think for the first time in his tenure as Arsenal manager you can really see what he's trying to do and most importantly for me I think I might have said the same thing when I was on last so I will say it again that it's a team you can get behind I'm more than happy to watch young kids with potential make mistakes and I am Ann on 150 grand a week being a useless fucking idiot you can, I think, you can get behind it because they're a likable group. They're all pushing in the right dire- direction, and there's nothing not to like. So, I I mean if, yeah,
0: I, th- I think with the 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 fact the team's likable and the team all seem to be behind the manager as well. It's not I like when Emery, well. Emery was there, you know, em- there was very much vibes of of oh, some players really don't like him or don't understand him or whatever. It I was. think, I
1: mean, there is an extent to which you could ar- argue that. There has been dissent in the ranks with Arteta, but he oh, yeah. has handled that. Oh. And by means of whether you think it's right or wrong, I happen to think it's right, but he's done the right thing and just getting fucking rid of them. Yeah. He likes to as brilliant as Ozil was for us, he was also during the, the, the latter part of his time here just a pain in the ass. Mm. I don't think it's any coincidence that two, if you want to include, include Lundberg, three managers wanted him out the door. Yeah. I think Arteta is what Arteta has done really well is he's tried to instill this sort of as he put it like uh, non-negotiables that the players have and when they step out of line irrespective of how they stand in the perception of the fans and the players and whether it's like someone like Aubameyang who's you know a lot of people hold in very high esteem and you know rightfully so he's been a brilliant player for Arsenal up until recently but if he steps out of line and he doesn't, you know, follow the procedures that have been put in place. And he should be disciplined just like anyone else. And I think he's absolutely right to do that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And, and the f- the thing with that, that could have been something that went horribly wrong. You know, essentially kicking the captain out of the team, stripping him I mean, out it's the ballsy. Team. It's very ballsy, but all the players went, no, yep, this is what the boss said. And Which, you know,
1: I'm- makes me think that, I mean, makes me think that probably they know Aubameyang's not been doing what he should be doing.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, and then they're obviously going. Man, these are the managers' rules, and this is if you're an Arsenal player, this is the way you got to behave. And they're obviously getting on board with that and respecting it. So, uh, for me, it's all it's all going in the um, the the right direction.
2: Mm. Uh, so, if we had to, uh, if you had to go and do a jack and put Jack Jackers mate and put some money on it, would you? Are you with me? Then going, I think we're going to win. Maybe maybe one one nil, two one. It's going to be close, but think we're going to win and then we get it to the final and if two, if Tommy Tickle hasn't been sacked yet we'll beat Chelsea in the final
1: <laughs> or am I being too confident? I would be more confident that we can win this semi than we would Chelsea.
0: Um, If this is full strength
1: Liverpool that'd be the other way around.
0: Weirdly I'm the other I, f- I actually would fancy us more against Chelsea right now than Liverpool. I just think Chelsea are in a little bit of confusion and there is yeah, the... Yeah I think This This standard dissension there that happens at Chelsea all the time.
1: If this was Liverpool with Mane and Salah up front, then I wouldn't be anywhere near as confident.
0: No, it's a very different prospect. And then you're like praying, Tommy Yasu's fully fit, Tierney's fully fit. You really want Partey back as well. and yeah, And we just haven't obviously got all those players.
1: I'm pretty Um, sure Danny's just had a stroke, by the way.
0: Um yeah he's you saying that or no oh he's talking to a cam girl on the phone. Danny's being very professional listeners and viewers. He's
1: I think it's time that everyone learned that this is his secondary um source of financial income where he's essentially just like a, a sex line. A sexy frank ringing up to see if i was People like you've got you know you know a penchant for hairy heavy-set gentlemen. They just call in, you say the occasional fruity sentence to her. That was Jock, actually. He owes me a fiver for that. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, a how joke how joke. does he feel about that? Oh, he's happy. Oh, no, he's sad. No, I, I think he's just shrunk into the um, sidelines. Now everyone knows his like, his dirty secrets. Yeah. Um,
0: speaking of dirty secrets, or possible dirty secrets, should we talk about the breaking news that happened not so long before we, we, we came on?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, so as of this current recording, I'm sure there'll be more stories about it. There is a story that broke in the Athletic. Um, I don't have a subscription to the Athletics. I don't have the full neither. I've actually blocked um,
2: them on Twitter because I'm sick of all their <laughs> advertising.
0: But some lovely people on Twitter often post different bits of it and uh, paste them up or whatever. But basically, the FA are investigating an Arsenal yellow card amid suspicious betting patterns. Um, so the Athletic reported it. Um... Bookmaker, uh, some bookmakers alerted the FA to unusual betting patterns after the match. Um, they haven't said what the match is, but people have essentially worked it out and looked at some There's I don't know, betting aggregation statistic websites, or whatever, you can check all this stuff. And it appears to be the Leeds game. Um, and again, this is all, like, none of this is, like, Hundred percent, or like exactly what it is they're investigating. This is just what people have worked out so far. It looks like it's Jacko's yellow card in the. It's like the eighty-sixth minute uh, when we beat Leeds for time wasting. Yeah. yeah, for time wasting. Um, it's very weird. I watched a video of it again today. Um, after all, the story came out, and we're four-one up. Leeds have got no hope in the game whatsoever. We were in cruise control basically. He does take a very, very long time to take um, the free kick, and the referee books him. Xhaka getting booked is not a weird thing. I mean, everyone. Knows I know,
1: anything that. would be weird to bet against it, wouldn't
0: that? It? Yeah. Um, it's the fact that it was, I think, the way, and again, I, I'm not 100% on this, but I think it's the way in which the bets were made. I don't know if it was for a specific time to get uh, a booking or within like a specific window. Um, there was also a very interesting thing in the article from The Athletic that said, at this time, the referee is not being investigated. That little sentence was then at immediately <laughs> removed from the article and they reposted the article without a sentence in it. Um, so there's no actu- uh, like uh, accusations or investigations into match fixing or anything like that. Um, whether it's actually Xhaka who's going to be investigated or not, who knows? There's lots of rumours swirling around on Twitter. Some you know, people saying, oh, I know Xhaka's mate who always says to bet on this bit of the game or whatever. It, you know, He probably talks to his dead grandmother and asks her for lottery numbers as well, who have this twice on Twitter. But it, it's very... Um, I mean, yeah, it's just very Arsenal, isn't it? You, you get all this like media firestorm against us for postponing a game. Um, it slowly starts to calm down a little bit and then bang. Just when you think, okay, we're just going to concentrate on the Liverpool game, the second leg and maybe getting to a final, this this story breaks. Um, I don't know. Je- what do you make of it all, James?
1: I don't know. I mean, with certain players, it doesn't rain at pause, doesn't it? I mean, I've seen the video the same as you have and, it's one of those where if you watch it knowing that there's been accusations, then it's human nature to try and you know see something untoward going on. Whereas I think if you were to watch that video without any of this context and just watch it as a yellow card, I don't think anyone would ever look at that and think, oh, he's up to no good there or something peculiar going on because there isn't. <sighs> For his sake... I hope it's all nonsense. Yeah. And if it had been the vast majority of players throughout the Premier League, you would probably immediately just dismiss it as nonsense. But because it's Xhaka, because he is one of those marmite players that has that ability to just do something astronomically fucking thick, that this you wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he's capable of that as much as he is capable of being a very important player for Arsenal. So. I look at it and I think that, I mean, when you see accusation, I mean, what really has he done? He's done nothing to affect the game. He's just, and assuming it is true, he's just tried to get himself booked within a window to try and make some people some money, which is, you know, morally a bit off. And it's a bit not something a professional footballer should be doing, certainly. But at the same time, it's not like the most hell-worthy of trespasses. There are worse things People yeah. have done,
0: um, I mean, I think actual match fixing is like a few years, like banned from uh, I mean, a certain shithouse
1: manager at Tottenham has got done <laughs> for that, hasn't he?
0: Yes, 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 he has. Um, so again, like, no one knows if it's actually Xhaka who's being investigated or if it's the referee.
1: Also it's not actually been a direct accusation at Xhaka, I didn't know. Yeah. That. No,
0: it's it, it's not it's not direct at him, but the fact it was the yellow card and just the way the betting pattern happened, it was
2: his yellow card. At yeah, least he's, that's
1: he's stained you know, with a brush of guilty yeah, guilty. Yeah.
2: It's not um, as if like he's not. coming. I mean, I've got a little stat up here from Squawker Football that says Xhaka, since the start of sixteen seventeen season, has received more cards fifty than any other Premier League player. One hundred and seventy one Premier League games, forty
1: six yellow, four red. Now it's not. Did like you guys that... see the one that someone posted about how it went? Something like in five years at Arsenal, he's posted nineteen apologies on Twitter. Yes. Yeah,
0: I, 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 I don't even know if that's true or not, but it just sounds so ridiculous. And, we've, it and I, I love Granit Xhaka. It sounds completely believable. Um, yeah,
1: I, I mean, it's, he is one of those players where you don't for a second doubt that's true, do you? Yeah.
0: But it's uh, not like it's
1: Alan Smith, where he
2: got one booking in his entire career, where no. all of a sudden he's now got another one. Granite gets someone, so that's 50. So he's getting a, red, he's getting a card one way or another every three
1: games, every three and a bit of games. Yeah. so he's he getting another one then he, 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 gets, it, he is, is very much judged on previous reputation you can see it a mile yeah. off the but,
0: the the thing with um i mean with the sort of investigation oh, so far, i didn't the, know that about
1: the guy at lincoln
0: yeah yeah i think that was in a in a cup uh, that might have been in was it the fa cup maybe or the or one of the lower league cups I think it was I saw that um,
1: perhaps I'm wrong then perhaps it is the kind of thing the authorities will take very seriously oh I, I mean,
0: mean they it's will the, yeah career if,
1: over, isn't it? again
0: so this is all speculation if it is if Xhaka was in any way involved or something like that then yeah he would be immediately banned
2: um, I mean that's why um, Daniel Sturridge had to leave football didn't he he uh, he had to leave um, Premier League football because he got uh, an 18-month suspend- uh, sentence and it was suspended down to about eight months. And then yeah. he went off to Turkey and got in trouble for something else again last time I heard. He was playing in Australia.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, you're, you're not even, as a player, you're not even allowed to bet on the um, the game you're in in the sense of like winning or losing. Mm.
1: Um, not like how many, on other games, are you? I, I don't
0: even think, uh, I'm not sure if you can th- you might be able to bet on other games from other leagues possibly I'm not sure if you can bet on games in your same league it, there's a, obviously a lot of rules about that because there was so much um, match fixing going on um, this obviously isn't match fixing it's something different but obviously it's been investigated because the pattern of betting was so specific that you know and bookies track this Constantly, all the time. So they all know. Obviously, there's a there's a lot of uh, match fixing comes out of China with uh, like Eastern European leagues and Asian leagues and stuff like that, and all that sort of. Uh, uh odds and stuff is all tracked very carefully yeah John, um, that's the
2: answer to your question it says no participant can bet on a match or competition in which they are involved that season yeah, or which they yeah. can influence or any other football related matter concerning the league that they are they play in yeah. participants are also prohibited from using or passing in fire inside information
0: yeah Yeah, because I think Sturridge's one was... I don't think he was betting on his specific games he was in, but I think he was betting on other teams within the league, um, which is why I think his sentence got reduced down because it it wasn't something he was directly affecting, if you like, but it was still against the rules. Um, So, yeah, he's a very serious investigation. Um, It will be interesting to see whether the FA come out and say if they are investigating a specific player Um, And then if they do say that, what Arsenal will say? Because obviously Arsenal haven't commented yet, um, at least as of this recording.
1: So for all intents and purposes, it could be a Leeds player, it could be the ref.
0: I mean, I guess so, yeah, because, the, I mean, that video, obviously, if people go, want to go and watch it, I'm sure if you search Jacker online, it will come up now on Twitter. Um, it, like James said, if you didn't know anything about it, you would just think, oh, it's like five minutes to go in the game, Arsenal 4-1 up, he's just trying to run the clock down because it doesn't really matter at this point and the ref pulls the yellow. But if you see some of the tackles he made previously in the game, um, the fact he didn't get booked was a little bit surprising. Again, that's that's not me trying to defend Jacker and Seth the referee. I don't even, I can't even remember who the ref was for the game. I don't want to accuse anyone of anything, Um, but the betting is certainly suspicious. So we just have to wait and see what the what comes out with the FA. This is not a new thing in football. Um, Obviously, I watched loads of Italian football and Juve got stripped of titles and um, yeah, you know, and they shut down the league corrupt over there. Yeah, I mean they—they were—they were fixing to the point of they were picking, you know, what referees would ref certain
2: cards. A hundred sim like that. cards.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, very, very, very dodgy things going on there. But it, I mean, it, we it's sh- something that happens in every league, sadly. Um, Should we show so, the
2: incident, John? I've got um, it on here. Yeah, Just if people want to see you can, it. Yeah, you got the. um got it on here, and it is in the. Uh, it's only thirty seconds long. Yeah. It's Arsenal v Leeds, and he gets done for time wasting. Um, yeah. where is Xhaka is mm. he stood over the ball
0: isn't he yeah I it's, mean it's, no one's
1: really he, going any uh, you any urgency even Artel yeah, like, yeah. yeah. No, he, no, he, no, he stood over the ball
0: with with 4-1 up and yeah he just Indy. like yeah leads players run in oh, up, and then he's like that exactly. push him up the pitch he's not really sure yeah
1: the other thing I'll say about this if you wanted to get a yellow card there's a damn sight better ways to go about it
0: <laughs> yeah especially <laughs> if you're Granit Xhaka um,
1: yeah just go steaming into a tackle and you get a yellow card.
0: Yeah. I it's, mean, there's,
1: there's the likelihood of getting a yellow card there is dependent on the referee. I think that's equally just because of the scoreline and the time people would have just let that go. Yeah. It's not yeah. like you were one nil up against a team pressing for an equalizer in which no. case it's valid, but
0: it, it's a very weird situation. And I, I mean, like you said, I hope that Jack hasn't done anything illegal and he's not involved because for his sake at least, it's if he's done nothing wrong. Again, he's been. It's another thing to add on the whole.
1: There's two things that don't often go in the same sentence together: Jacker and not doing anything wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just another stick to beat him with for a lot of. And I get that Arsenal fan. A lot of Arsenal fans don't like him, and they want him to be gone. And I agree. We could get a better midfielder, and I hope we do get someone. He's one of those
1: where I actually like him. him. I think he's a he's a, he's a good player. He's just yeah. Like David Luiz was to an extent, he's just got the dickhead switch. Yeah. You take that out of his game, he's a really good player. Yeah, you I know
0: there's it. a reason why every manager who's been at Arsenal since he's been there picks him every week and plays him every it, week. It, I, can't, yeah. I heard
1: a couple of analogies about Xhaka that I thought were really apt. One, it might have been on Ask blog where they said this that he was like uh, he was like a postman where he delivers your post perfectly for a month, just one day he throws a brick through your window.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, yeah. The
1: other one I heard is like he's a dog. He's well trained, but every, every now and then he's going to shit in the front room.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, it's. And you either get rid of him or you accept the fact that he will shit in your front room every now and then. Yeah. He's. Um... I tell you what, it's, he's like Jock. <laughs> Every now and then Jock will go go into a cafe, take a shit, and it'll get closed down. There's nothing you can do about it. You upset him there. Which if you don't know, um John, he's actually done that before. That's a true story. Oh dear. I
0: I had so much respect for Jock and yeah. I think it's gone up a notch now. That's that's quite impressive. <laughs> it's it's a very weird situation, but yeah, it just never ends if you're an Arsenal fan. I don't know just bizarre
2: it is odd like Phil Mack has put there I remember that now and thought it was odd but what I thought was odd was the ref getting the card out rather than simply waving his arm to get Xhaka on with it yeah because you think we're well, 86th minute we're 4-1 up Xhaka's told someone to make a run he's made the run and he's still waiting You go, hey, will you come on we all got to get the bus home
0: yeah it is a weird one which the fact that the athlete took the bit from the article again I don't want to start conspiracy theories oh it's the ref or whatever the, I, no one knows uh, yeah you know there's no like official statement And I'll
1: tell you what if you're a ref and you need someone to book in and around the 84th minute Granit is your man
0: <laughs> I mean he's a very easy target yeah that's true I mean you could just look at you could just say something to him and he would say something back would not he you know and all the referee's got to do is say oh I called me a cunt Everyone would just believe you. He could have just said, sorry, ref, I didn't hear you. Everyone That's go, what Gabby
2: got oh, yeah. booked for, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, Gobbing off the referee, apparently. Yeah.
0: Uh, um, it, it, it's weird, but we'll see what happens. I'm sure if anyone is subscribed to The Athletic, I'm sure you can read the whole article, but there's probably people who've posted like the whole thing on Twitter or so will go into a bit more detail, um, but I'm sure they're not going to, you know, give up their sources or whatever or name anyone
1: yet. If you See subscribe to Athletic no doubt you can listen or read scintillating articles about Mikel Arteta's choice of sock and how it affects the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, can
2: we talk a little bit about transfers? We've uh, we've got a couple of little bits of Arsenal transfer mm-hmm. news. We've got this one which will make everybody sad. Captain oh, Corporal Jenkinson gone to um, Adelaide, no, Melbourne. Melbourne melbourne yeah. um that would make dom progress. very happy though wouldn't it oh is dom in melbourne i don't, well, I don't know if he's supporters. in i'm, I'm
0: yeah. not sure if he's in melbourne but he's in australia he's in it's not that big australia is it i'm sure it's just <laughs> <fun laughs> 20 <laughs> minutes down
2: the road if, if that so he's gone alone from nottingham forest i think in the three and a half seasons he's been at forest he's played about 10 league games lots of injury fallen out with some of the managers and then the other bit of news john um the final Bundesliga Bastards uh, fucked off. Uh, Kalasnic, a player who we both really rated from his time in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, tell people a little bit about what, how good he was in Germany and why it didn't work when um, that position came into play for Wenger, who didn't use <laughs> wing-backs.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, because he didn't use wing-backs, basically. Um, he was just a monster running forward. He was the... Um, I guess the... Oh, God, I forgot what country he's from there. Was he Serbian? I don't want to offend Bosnian, is not he? Bosnian,
2: that's it. Yeah. No one say it's all the same thing, for fuck's sake.
0: I've I've definitely offended him now because I've called him a Serbian. Um, yeah, he's like the Bosnian bomber. He's the Bosnian version of Hulk. Don't say bomber and Bosnian. Fucking hell, I've done it again.
1: There's going to be not, something coming through your window any second. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not
0: calling him a war criminal. Um, yeah, he was just a, a wingback again. He <laughs> um, <yeah, again. laughs> was just a very good forward-thinking wingback, and in in Germany. At the time, anyway, I haven't watched Bundesliga for a while now, but it was very, very quick league and pushing forward and getting width and and dragging teams out of position. And he had a really good season before he came to Arsenal. And to be fair, when he first came to Arsenal, I actually thought he did all right initially when he came in. But, you know, he just sort of faded and you saw flaws in his game in that his positioning wasn't the best and defensively he wasn't sound which is a ridiculous statement to make about a defender but it's kind of the way modern fullbacks are now uh, a lot of the time anyway um yeah and just for whatever reason didn't work out managers changed um you know and he's sort of the last remnants of that Ozil click and the stupid money that we were paying certain players when we got them by the time when we signed him I was excited um I'm glad oh, to see yeah. I'm glad to see the back of him now. Um not like no hard feelings for him. I don't think he did anything wrong necessarily whilst he was We just didn't perform to the level that I wanted him to. Um I don't think he was ever like um I don't know how much of a disruption or whatever or a bad influence he was in the on the training ground. I assume he can't have been that bad because he's the last uh, for one too. For intents go. and
1: purposes, I think he was pretty much a solid trainer and he was never a bad influence. Mm. I think it was more those he associated with.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, I would would assume that just from the fact he's the last to go that Arteta was quite happy to have him in the squad and training with the younger players and stuff still and obviously still used him a little bit this season. Um, So, yeah, from that Um, point of view, good good luck to him and hope he has a successful rest of his career. Just didn't work out for an Arsenal. There's, There's been plenty of players like that.
1: It's just, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I was just saying, when we signed him, I knew a little bit about him without actually knowing extensive amounts about him. But his initial first four or five months, I thought he looked like he was a really decent fullback. Maybe a little tiny bit suspect defensively, but no more so than, with the exception of Monreal, many we've had in that position over the years. But like, like, like you said, it's just one of those players that, for whatever reason, didn't work out for him.
2: Yeah. I didn't realise how many, so, played so many games. His first two seasons, he played 36 on each, mostly subs, I would have thought, then played 32, nine last season and five this season. So 118 games, five goals, but all five goals were scored in his first season.
0: I mean, my my favourite memory of him, though, still as an Arsenal player, is you know running out to defenders or when he was getting mugged and just
2: yeah. the
0: guys had the, I don't know, what was it, knife or a bat or whatever, and he just went oh, fuck this, and I just went, oh, you're quite scary large man, I'll, I'll get on my iPad and drive away now. Yeah. That will always crank me up. To. So,
2: yeah. I always yeah good luck away. to him
0: and, and hopefully, um, you know, if he accidentally two-foots Guendouzi in training, that would be a shame, wouldn't it?
1: <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> yeah. out there in the darkness, Chris Carpenter has just exploded into a <laughs> hailstorm of shrieking I, I
2: think Chris actually owns a Marseille top anyway i'm gonna use my usual and go and
1: uh if he's got gendouzi on the back of it you should ban him from the podcast indefinitely that's terrible yeah in fact we should you know have some sort of intervention podcast where we send trained professionals around to his house to have a word with him
0: also what how you how can you be a
1: fc Lorient fan and have a marseille shirt that's disgusting
0: or an Arsenal fan and like Marseille in any way? Aren't Marseille the team that fucked Wenger over when he was at Mon- Monaco?
1: I can. Yes, I yeah, love no, through, no, I yeah. love Chris. I really do. If there's one thing he does that I always baffles me is that he often slates the English football team, probably rightly for having a bunch of arseholes in it, hmm. and then follows the French football team, which is equally, <laughs> if not ten times worse. The French football team
0: has the biggest arseholes in it, probably minus Kante, who is apparently yeah, the nicest footballer Kante in the <laughs> world. The equation,
1: and it, it is the central, the French national team. Yeah, Some of them, it's like, if you needed a level of bellendery to aspire to, then look no further than, say, Hugo Lloris or Griezmann. Oh, I hate Griezmann. Should, I can't stand yeah. him either.
0: Oh, got on the documentary about himself just for a, a contract. Oh, God, go away. Oh, see, look, Danny, you're making us racist by talking about this. This is terrible. I've, I've insulted I'm Serbians, crazy. Bosnians, and the French
1: side. <laughs> I've just insulted I'm, someone from Portsmouth, uh, Plymouth. Well, I've said <laughs>
2: insulted twice yeah. now. I can no longer be racist because I'm part Egyptian. That's Africa covered. I'm 0.5% Native American. Say what I want. I can make the powwow sounds and and all that kind of nonsense. I'm um, uh, European. I'm everything. I'm. I, I, there's no one I can't insult. Apart from, I'm just Bristolian.
1: That's all I am. 100. <laughs> percent
0: mm, I, I, Aren't we all originally from Africa, Danny? I thought that was the thing. Yeah. Oh, I xenophobic. Oh, xenophobic, not racist. See, I, I'm even using the wrong word now. I'm offending grammar Nazis at the same time.
1: Mm. I, of, you're you afraid of foreigners.
0: Oh, okay. Oh, I'm not. We're, I'm not afraid of foreigners.
1: It,
2: well, break <laughs> We have breaking, breaking news from the Chris Carpenter, who, uh, although he's not here, people, he still replies to your questions. Right, but will Cola fit into the Marseille team and play? <clears throat> here we go, the reply. He won't go right into the team as Marseille and Sampoli play a 3-3-3-1. That's 12, isn't it? Um, no, it's not it's 10. That's right. System. Uh, but in time, they will also play a 3-5-2 with wingbacks, which will get Cola playing in time in the position he works best in at left wing back, because I do know they play three at the time. Yeah, so I put, cheers, love. I like the love. fact that he listed
0: it as Can you tell three. him we three. said hello as well? Yeah. He listed it as if three, you. three, three, one. Um, not, you know, because normally you don't list the goalkeeper, but that's actually Marseille's formation for most games because they normally get at least one player sent off. That yeah, sounds like an
2: insane formation. <laughs> 2, 3, 3, one. I think yeah. I've put on there, you, you probably can't see I've put James and John miss you too. <laughs> I don't lie Unless to his him, little Kenny. pirate socks. <laughs>
0: um, the, the, the only other transfer is Pablo Marie, isn't it? to Udinese. Um, that's yes. that's not official yet, but is it is, is it official now?
1: No, officially announced. I, I, don't I don't know what think. you guys think, but I mean, we've had Kolasinac, Marie, Balogun, quite a few, well, three outgoings. They, you would think, I mean, it's what, the 19th today? When it leaves us with 12 days before the window closes. You would think that Arsenal are planning to do something. Something more than just yeah. t- Artemelo, whatever the guy's name is. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I was more optimistic last week than I am now, but I don't see we'll get... Vlaovic, no. Can't Mm. handle that. I I can't imagine that rather. Um, I mean I don't think we need anything necessarily in terms of defenders. I think there's a possibility. No, with Saliba coming back. We'll be we're pretty set there. And then maybe
0: maybe a right maybe a right back in the summer, like a like an understudy, maybe to Tommy Assu. Um How about the
2: Young stuff? The eight million pound was it eight million to loan him or eight million after the loan? Obligation to buy.
0: Yeah, but they would pay his yeah. wages, I believe, like his full wages. Um I can't see Well, I could see Arsenal accepting it if they want to get rid of him. Um just because of it's
1: probably a massive payday for him at thirty two as well, going over there. Yeah, yeah he's they'll probably go wages. above and beyond his yeah. 350 grand a week.
0: I wouldn't be surprised. It. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if he's, you know, if he's struggling, especially to find his form where he feels like he's on a downgrade as far as his performance level is going, I'd be surprised.
0: Yeah.
1: If this um, was the summer and we got that offer, I think it would definitely happen. Yeah. It's whether or not they're going to be prepared. Because if they can't bring a striker in, then they need to, they need to hang on to him. Yeah.
2: Because we can't go the rest
1: of the season with just Lacassette and NK, that would be suicidal.
2: I is that think... have it's coming, John? I mean, you, you've seen him play. I mean, he, he, he did the way of goodbye to everybody at the end of the last He lap. is waiting, oh my in
1: my opinion, he's waiting for the summer to go to Juventus. Yeah. Um,
0: OK, well, well, a, I'll do I'll do the Arthur Mello, no. the Arta, Ar- Ar- not Arthur. Arthur uh, Ar- Ar- Mello one first. Oh, Arthur. Um, <laughs>
2: blasted, think, I'm I, Arthur.
0: Yeah, I, I think that will get done. I, I don't think that'll be an issue. I think it's more Juventus uh, trying to hold on to him as long as possible to see if they can get another player in on loan. Um, I know they were looking at Bruno Gomeris from Leon and a few other players, but I he's can't a see player, a problem. Yeah. I'd imagine the Melo one might get completed over the weekend or early next week. I just, um, I just
1: see that one as an absolute waste of time, I really do. Especially I just think now for, when...
0: a, for an extra body, nah. it may be, I don't know, it, it if gives you need it's a, a few more options. For
1: six months, wynaldum's the better bet because he's Premier League proven.
2: I a, heard yeah. on a podcast that said that he's not going to go and um, move to France and settle in, and then come back to the UK again, and leave all of his family in France. That's, especially now with on... the restrictions, you
1: can't just come and go, and his family can't just come and go as you want. Who are we talking about what? One them, yeah. Oh yeah. But I, I mean that they were talking <laughs> about loan, and it only if a six-month loan. I think he's. Uh, I mean, if you if you're presented with the two options,
0: yeah, I'd I, I take them. I take one out, and the I think the issue with that be would be how much of his wages we'd have to pay. True, um, is is the big thing because I I've got no idea what it is. He, he's on a PSG, but I assume it's a fuck ton of money because he went there on a free, didn't he?
1: Uh, Mello, big, big to me strikes me as a a Dennis Suarez sort of sign-in. Like you've got no idea how he's going to yeah. acclimatise at the Premier League, and you yeah. would assume someone who's played the majority of their time in Spain and Italy will struggle. Yeah, as a lot um, of people
0: do. I. I I pref- I do like the fact that they're looking at a loan option rather than a panic buy though in in terms of midfield because they it means they obviously do have a clear target who they want to go for in the summer. And if you can't get him now don't buy someone just for the sake of it try and find oh, a yeah. loan option. I think that's a good thing. I think um, if they,
1: I think if they do anything big it will be a striker. But yeah. uh, the trouble with that is I think it it really depends on how f- hard Arsenal go for a striker for me really depends on how much you know distance there is with Aubameyang. Because if Aubameyang's yeah. you know burnt all his bridges and there's worries about his fitness and his performance levels, then Arsenal have got to do something.
2: Yeah. Geez, he's earning um, on 165 grand a week. That's oh, decent. Wow. Ninth highest earner at PSG. Wow. On a five-year wow. deal.
0: Um. Right, okay, Dusan, for Dusan Vlahovic, or oh, Vlahovic, I never know how to say it properly. Um, this is its really weird. So he's got a year left on his contract come the summer. Um, I've seen lots of people saying, oh, he just wants to go to Juventus, Juventus is going to buy him, blah, blah, blah. Um, obviously, the best players in Syria do tend to go to Juventus, Milan or Inter at some point. Uh, Napoli sometimes gets them as well. Um, Lazio might sneak one every now and again. Um, Juventus loves taking players from Fiorentina because it really pisses their fans off as well, and they hate each other. I don't think Juve will actually go for him personally. They've they got some offloading got, to
2: do first, haven't they?
0: Well, one, they've got offloading to do, two, they're very interested in Martial. Um, they really like Martial and they would like to get him. Um, again, I, I I don't work for Juventus, clearly. It's just from what I watch and the people I follow and stuff, I you tend to follow a lot been. more. Uh, I tend to follow a lot more Serie A than I do Premier League, to be honest. Um, they've got the big headache of well of trying to get Dybala to sign a contract still, because uh, he's out of contract in the summer, which is amazing to think that that he could just walk away for
2: nothing. And they paid uh, £32 million for him from Palermo, my team, yeah. my other team.
0: So the thing with Vlahovic that gives me any sense of confidence is we are the only team this window pushing for him fiorentina are desperate to sell him now because they'll know they get the maximum amount of money for him this window um the guy who owns the club there was a really good article the other day um is fucking nuts um the stuff that he's got that's and I also for heard
1: him. on ask blog about that as well yeah
0: um they 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 are pushing big time to get the sale done so they're I don't think Arsenal, as far as I'm aware, Arsenal haven't officially made an offer, but they've basically they've had the conversation of we're willing to pay this much, and Fiorentina have basically said yes, like we're all happy to accept. Um, the issue is the agent. That's that's the big hurdle for it. He it's not wants to an extent
1: sh- the player, because you have heard a lot of talk where he's not entirely sold on it and he wants to hold out for a Champions League club.
0: For for everything I've read. Um, and again, this is Italian journalist, not uh, British journalist. So it's who you believe, basically. Um, from the people I've read who I follow, who tend to get they don't get everything right because not every journalist can—but they tend to know people in the right places. He's very—he's open to the move. Um, he knows that he's going to be leaving Fiorentina, uh, whether it's this window or the summer, more than likely. Um, and he likes the project. And he likes the fact it's a young team. It's the Premier League, which is like best league in the world, whether you want to agree with that or not. That's the way it's sort of seen in football still. Um, oh, I
1: absolutely agree with that.
0: And and the money obviously will be better than what he's on. Um, the the stories about him wanting 300 grand a week or whatever, that's complete fucking nonsense. I wouldn't believe a word of that. Um, you could probably sign him and you could get him to sign for 100, 150 grand. Still an absurd amount of money, but in Premier League terms, it's not a lot. The the issue is the agent wants a big, big, um, uh, you know, signing fee, uh, big chunk of commission, certain amount of money paid for him. There's talks that he wanted something like 20 million or something, the agent. He knows knows this is his big payday. So from what I've read, and again, believe it is what you will. I don't don't know whether this is true or not. Um, The Fiorentina are pushing Vlahovic as much as possible to say, look, this deal's on the table. This is a really good move for you. This is good for the club. You'll be helping the club at the same time. He's got like, he's well-respected around the club and likes Fiorentina and obviously would like to help them. And it's more his agent saying, oh, hang on a bit. Maybe you could get a Champions League club or you don't know exactly where else I'm going to finish this season or maybe you can get a bigger team coming for you. Maybe Inter are going to come in for you in the summer and, you know, because Lukaku's left there already and there's stories that Lattaro Martinez might go and all this sorts of things. So, it's his agent that looks like to be the one that's blocking it so basically it's down to Edu and whether he can either speak to the player directly or speak more to Fiorentina and get them to push from their side Um, or he can talk the agent down in terms of the fee he wants the the issue I would have with the deal is if we got it done and he has the same agent we're still going to have to deal with that fucking agent in X number of years times which would be an absolute
2: ball ache this makes me wonder why players don't go fuck off. I'm not having a fucking, you're not having 20 million of my money. He's, he's been his agent
0: since like he was don't a care. kid, though. And I mean, Until I say, I say, say since he was lost. a kid, he is a kid still, essentially, really, in football terms. He's still very young. So it's, you're going to listen to him. You're going to, you know, you're, you're going to listen to those sort of things. In terms of the player himself, I'm sure people have watched videos of him to death now. Basically, the easiest way to describe him is, uh, slightly leaner but just the strong Giroud who can run would, would be a pretty apt description <laughs> I mean if he's, technically if he's that gifted.
1: Yeah. then he'd be a bloody good player for us
0: oh yeah yeah. like he, he's deceptively quick he's quicker than he looks um, he's got great feet really good technical ability um, he did look a dickhead the other night because he tried to do a Penenka penalty and fucked it up um, but they won the game anyway so it was okay <laughs> and he apologised to all his teammates afterwards but yeah, he's just—he's a very good finisher. He could take free kicks. He's good in the air, um, you know. So I'm really hopeful. I'd like—I'd like to sign him.
2: The fee you're talking about, I'm worried about. <laughs> Look um, at that from our Nick. The agents <laughs> from the
1: Matrix are easier to work with. Yeah, no, it's true. Um Don't get me started on the fucking. Oh of god, course, yeah, Matrix. I don't
0: want to start on that for me. For fuck's sake, that I, Can I just—if
1: you've seen it, I mean. They cast—I'm spoiled there, but Jonathan Groff as basically a hybrid of Agent Smith, and it was just terrible.
0: Yeah, it was very bad. Egypt have
1: won people, and
2: Nigeria are winning two 0 so Egypt are through to the next stage of the Afcon. So that's one more week that. Um, uh, On any, the Egyptian kind of, pillow is away. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was thinking uh, the other one—the pyramid pennant. Oh, pyramid pennant, yeah. I yeah. can, can say that. I'm part Egyptian. I'm all about the pyramids. Um, I, did, I
0: did say on Twitter that I was a little bit reluctant about Vlahovic just because of the fee being reported. Um,
2: Thunder the, says it um, about Vlahovic, Serbian
0: Welbeck. Not to roll back on that statement. I am still slightly reluctant because of the fee. But thinking about it now, the fact that we could sign a player who is that highly rated... Uh, around Europe and this is our one opportunity to get one up on every other club basically who yeah. may be Do you for reckon there's
1: up. somebody better we could get in the summer? No? well, oh, Haaland there's only two players better than him
2: and that's Mbappe and Haaland as in young players that are up and coming
0: Yeah to, to fit the profile the other one that's touted is is it Isaac uh, um, Sosilad I
1: think
0: yeah. who played with Erdegaard I know he's not having a great Season this year, and I do worry about how phys- the f- difference in physicality.
1: Um, I think the thing with Vlahovic is you think the fee they're quoting is the same fee, probably less even than would have to Phil Coke to get Calvert Lewin or Holly Watkins. I think yeah. he's a better, he's a much better shape than either of them do.
0: Yeah, um, I do like Calvert Lewin, and I like Holly Watkins as well. I like
2: both, but of that them. you can't say those in the same breath as you can say uh, Vlahovic, so can you? Or Isaac, Isaac. No, I mean, the, the difference is yes,
0: that so obviously those two, you already know that they know the league and they're experienced in it. The difference I think is, if yeah, you're gonna have, have they, they got well. the level to go up?
1: Yeah. I think there's yeah. a lot to be said for Ollie Watkins. I reckon yeah. if he's one of those players that's just at the cusp mm. of getting really good, then it's exactly the right kind of move for him. I think yeah. he's got a lot going for him, Ollie Watkins has.
0: Yeah. And he's very much Arteta's style as well. Yeah. You think he's a lot more he's got a lot of physicality about him for a guy who, I always look at him and don't think he's that big. He seems, he looks slight to Mm -hmm. me. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't look like he's got a big frame or anything, but he seems to battle really well for the ball when he presses, he's full of energy, which really fits the way we're playing at the moment, especially under Arteta. So yeah, I wouldn't be against going for one of those guys, but again, I don't, the the realistic chance of getting one of them in January seems very slim, other than maybe Calvert-Lewin, but he's, out basically the whole season with injuries isn't he so you don't know what state he's going to come back in and get this English premium on price mm. I do think the difference between like you can never say definitely getting top four but realistically getting top four and not getting it this season will be down to whether we can get a striker this window though like, I, I love what I, I love what Lacazette's done this season, and I think he's worked really hard, and he brings the best out a lot of those young players who play around him. And he I works would
1: personally body. would keep him another year, Lacazette, yeah. if we could.
0: Uh, I'd give him another year as well, especially if Aubameyang does go, whether it's this window or the summer. Um, I just think he's a good backup player to have, and he's clearly a good mentor, and the, the rest of the squad like him. But he works his ass off, but he doesn't score enough goals, and I think that, that will be the issue. You put you first.
1: Even you put someone as you as you said it, John. If he, he if he is a quick Giroud, and mm. then he will score a fuckload in the Premier yeah. League. the
0: the way the way we get into wide areas now, Tierney, Saka, you know, can all cross. He can run through the middle and, and get onto those through balls and stuff, and he can set other people up as well. You know, he, he's a good build up player. So. It will always take adjusting. You, you never know when a player leaves a league. Like, I was iffy on him before the start of this season because he'd had a really good year last year, but there's always that thing in Serie a where a striker can have a great season and then all of a sudden they sort of disappear and tail off a bit. Um, Bellotti was, like, the big up-and-coming one at Torino. And although he's been consistent in terms of goals, his performances generally have dipped, and that's why he never really got his big move. But, um, yeah, there's, there's a few other players in there. Jonathan David... Not from Corn, um, the one from Lille uh, I think yeah. he's the other guy, the Canadian
1: um, who wins. Isn't the uh, the Nigerian guy whose names escaped me as well? That plays in France. Oh, um, Osman awesome yeah. or something like that, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so there is there's there's a few names out there, and I think it will come down to the fact of I can see Arsenal pushing right till the end of the window to try and get the Vlaovic deal done. And then may, maybe they've already said like we're going for this like full full burn January, and if we don't get it done, then we've got these targets in the summer and we'll move for them then.
1: I think if they don't get it done, it, it harks back to what I said. I think for me, it depends on how much water under the bridge is repairable with Aubameyang. Yeah,
0: because
1: if Aubameyang's out and done and dusted, and his arsenal career's over, and he's he's just completely alienated Arteta and the club, then we will have a massive problem. Mm. Over the next course of the season, if we don't have a proper striker,
0: yeah,
1: because some of the teams are just going to get hit to the fact that we don't have a proper striker, and they're going to play against us accordingly. As you said, John, I love what Lacazette has done, but he doesn't score enough goals.
0: Yeah,
1: and you need yeah. your centre forward to score goals. Definitely. So if we don't get a striker, then we've really got to hope we can reintegrate and Yeah. Um, but yeah, that I mean that's
0: really it on the transfer front. There's nothing else really going on, is there?
1: I think I'm Danny's trying to transfer his mum out by the accounts, all accounts as well <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: I was just reading Phil Macker's question because I'm highlighting the questions to read later and uh I was making sure that it wasn't the usual nonsense from Phil it's actually a half well,
0: decent do, one do you want to do, do the questions and then we'll wrap it up as we've been on for an hour and a half, we don't want to bore people
1: yes, um, I imagine the questions- that the majority of people watching this are just sort of <laughs> <laughs> enjoying every minute of it or Admiring, or
0: furi- the, f- furiously
2: masturbating. As um, I think they're focusing something.
1: on Danny's screen. If that's the case,
2: Science <laughs> just put something here. Um, Fifty-eight million plus Terrea is about is around seventy-two million. That's the magic number. Do you think that could have any any um, influence in the deal?
1: Um, I think the, t- the Terreira thing might actually work in our favour because he's quite well thought of there. From yeah, the, by all accounts.
0: Yeah, they do. They want to keep Terrea, so that would be we say why that will give you X
1: amount, and you can keep Terreira. Yeah that works in our favour. And it's another, they get a good price and a player they want. Mm.
0: Yeah. So again, it's like I said earlier, th- from everything I've read, Fiorentina are very happy to play ball. It's just the agent stumbling block.
2: Um, right. We've got a question from Twitter. We'll do that one first from Matt Earl Roberts. He, uh, cheers, Matt, as always. He says, we've plenty of players running down their contracts, who would you be looking at this summer as a target if we could pick one player each? Because I can't think of any.
0: <laughs> oh, you mean it from all the players that are out of contract yeah. this Isn't um,
1: Mbappe out of contract in the summer? Yeah. Oh,
2: actually, I thought one. Nabry, he's out of contract. Never coming.
1: Um, uh, isn't uh, Diabala? Uh, Dybala, whatever the guy's name is, at you? Yeah, he's a, yeah. I've never seen as somewhere someone had put up like a, a starting eleven of players out of contract in the summer. And bloody hell.
0: Yeah, so just going on transfer markets value uh, Mbappe, who is probably already agreed his deal to Real Madrid. Uh, yeah. Podba is out of contract. DiBala, uh, Frank Kessi, uh, Brozovic at Inter, although there was talk he's about signing a new deal. Rudiger at Chelsea, Nicolas Sir from Bayern Munich, uh, Andreas Christensen from Chelsea, Usman Dembele at Barca, Balotelli at Torino, Zakaria from Gladbach. Um, uh, Bubikar Kamara from Marseille Matthias Ginter James Tarkowski from Burnley if we did ever need another centre-back again that would have been a good one uh, Lacazette obviously Lingard Jesse, uh Jason Denier uh, who else is here Andrik Ramaric Jesus Christ he's 30 years old now um, isn't yeah there's, um, there's a lot of players it's kind of ridiculous so
1: if we all had to pick one from that list I assume we're not counting <laughs> Mbappe, because that's never going to happen. Nor is No. Yeah. Nah.
0: Um, I would. My pick immediately would be Frank Kessie That's
1: the same one I was going to say. <laughs> yeah.
0: He was my. He was my midfielder I wanted before we were linked with party, and then uh, they were like Arsenal, willing to pay the. Because I just thought he'd never leave Atletico, or if he did, he'd go to a bigger club. Um, if there is a, a such a thing. Um, yeah, that would just be an absolute monster midfield with those mm. two.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. Although uh, I do like Gnabry, but um, Avon has said that he's got a one-year option. I think. Yeah. Um, but that, that Frank Kesse, he's uh, very, very good. Imagine those two in midfield; it be much like the the Vieira Petit days. Two <coughs> monsters yeah, in there, and he's and
0: he's only twenty-five as well. So like, you,
2: fits, you're getting the, uh,
0: good, the good years out of him.
2: Yeah. Right, um, other questions. Uh, Ray, for you, uh, James. Ray Anderson, uh, what would you guys... Oh, it's for all of us. What would you guys do if Arsenal don't sign anyone this... Sorry, Ray, don't sign anyone this January?
1: I'd be a bit concerned. What would I do? We need someone, yeah. I mean, like, uh, I mean, is he asking what I would think or whether or not I would, you know, shriek in horror? And... Would you start licking your finger and putting it in the pies at work? Um, yes. <laughs> Poop pies. <laughs> uh, what would I do if... You... Again, like I said, it depends entirely what's going on behind the scenes for me. I think if they've got a plan, then the only position in which I think we really, really need someone is Stryker. Danny, are you emptying your hysterectomy bag by any chance? (laughs) What are you laughing at? Never mind. Um, That was at my expense, I bet. So no, of course not. Um, so what would I do if I asked someone to sign my name in January? I don't know. I'd be that bothered. I think if we're going to sign someone, it's got to be a striker. But defensively, we're fine. Midfield, if we keep people fit, we've got Jack Apate, Sambi, and El Nenny. I think that's enough to see us through. I mean, I don't really think we need need. Unless we can get someone who markedly approves us, improves us, I don't think we need a midfield signing. I think we need a striker. And if we can't get the one we want, then there's no point doing it for the sake of it. So if we don't sign anyone this January, I don't know. I'll be slightly disappointed, but not massively concerned. Yeah. And I will do the can can.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, no, I agree. I'd, I'd rather that we went for the players who are our genuine targets than panic by.
2: Um, so it's got to fit the bold, doesn't uh, it? It's got to fit the process,
0: yeah. Yeah, so I, I like why that's why there's so many talks about loans for midfielders. Um, it'd be frustrating because I do think a quality striker just pushes us that much closer to finishing top four. And I think <gasps> this is the way, 2 1
2: with 23 uh, minutes to go, no,
0: the... 13 to go. I don't think anyone realistically, before the season started, thought we were going to get top four. But now the fact there is a real chance of it, it almost puts us a year ahead of maybe where everyone thought the team's development might be. Um, Which I don't think will be too much pressure because the Champions League revenue, the money it brings in, gives us more spending power again in the summer and also makes us much more uh, attractive for players coming to the club. So... Um, yeah I'd love to see one because I think it just makes that push much better but if the right player isn't there then don't just panic and you know buy a fucking I don't know who else is on this list Uh Hugo Loris is out of contract in the summer don't buy Hugo Loris, there you go that was the name I saw on the list <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, Phil Macker asks uh who is our top goal scorer? Because I have a, the feeling we don't have one who is getting a decent return. So if we can buy to stop one in Jan, that's brilliant. Um, who is our top goal scorer? I think it's, it's Smith been, Rowe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's Smith Rowe with um, a yeah. uh, number of goals this season. Is it, is it, it eight? Eight.
0: eight?
2: or nine? Yeah. yeah. Um, total goals is... Uh, Smith on nine, Saka and Aubameyang on seven, Lacazette and Katia on five, Erdegaard and Martinelli on four. Yeah. So it's much better to have a team where you're scoring from everywhere rather than having one player who's banged in the 40th season.
1: I yeah. know, think the, you put a player like that in this team and that means it just makes us a much bigger threat, offensively yeah. a much bigger threat.
2: Imagine We've you got chucked a in... a prolific
1: centre-forward as well yeah. as the um, others that can contribute.
0: You, you chucked in a, you know... Again, these were like top-level elite players, but like an Henri or a Van Persie or someone like that in that team, they'll get you 30 goals a season, but because they're that good, like James said, they make the others around them play even better and get as many, if not more, goals than they've already got. Um, which is why I'd love to see the, you know, the signing happen this window. But again, it, it depends if it's the right guy.
2: Uh, final question from the FEMster who will be joining me tomorrow night after we beat Liverpool it's oh, a, is that Sammy it Martinez? says Fred <laughs> Martinez well, you can ask him. You're in the same WhatsApp groove as him. Um, just listening to the names, John, you're listing off of the striker position. Is there a, just a lack of strikers in world football? I can hardly pick a decent two of the, the FPL this season. Uh, Fami's in, obviously, in our ABW. We have a private fantasy league, and he's actually banned from winning it because, quite frankly, John, he's, he's a charlatan, isn't he? And a shyster with what he's picks. Does he pick
1: Tottenham players? Is that what he it He certainly is? fucking does.
0: That's like See, I do the FPL the way you're supposed to do it, which is you pick your team at the start of the season, yeah. you forget it exists, yeah. you ignore all the messages in the chat about the FPL when who's <laughs> changing caps and everything this week, and you get to the end of the season, you go, well, oh, I finished fourth.
2: How did that happen? <laughs>
1: And you've just not looked at it. I do the oh, same man. thing, but I just cut out a middleman and just didn't <laughs> yeah. bother picking the team this year. <laughs> well, you, that happens because the ABW team, well, I always pick
2: ex-Arsenal players, most yeah. of which never get a game. And then uh, Chris does one and he uh, he just gets loses. But yeah. it's usually uh, Simon. Yeah, yeah Simon still, uh, is.
0: Well, Simon and there Penn. you go. That's because Simon's a professional journalist and we're all just amateur radio people. Yeah. Um, uh, I do tend to agree a little bit with Femi that there is a lack. Of, I don't know if it's a lack of strikers. I think it's we're at a weird period in football where the striking position is changing in a way that midfielders have changed over the years. There, you know, it's not the traditional big man and that sort of thing. There's like these certain freak strikers who are like the top level, like Mbappe and Haaland and people like that, who are just like machines, but. I don't think you get as many conventional strikers anymore. A lot more of the strikers now are people like Ollie Watkins, who they're a lot more technically gifted and almost to the point where you could say, oh, that seems like a guy who could maybe play as like an attacking midfielder. Not necessarily in a creative sense, but in the way they run with the ball and can pass it and everything else. Um, so I just think it's the, the fact that the striker position is changing. And it's the way defenses and the way teams play now as well, the way they play out from the back and goalkeepers and everything. I mean, it's just changed the dynamics in football. But um, it does seem to be like this cycle every couple of years where you seem to run out of like superstar, amazing center midfielders or center backs or strikers. And it seems to change positions every few years. And it just seems to be on a cycle. I'm, I'm sure there are probably some really good strikers out there just playing that just people aren't paying attention to because they're either a team that's not necessarily fancied or they're in a league that someone doesn't watch particularly. I, I love um, Correa at Inter, who they they'd signed from Lazio. I think I think he's a really, really good striker. But most people look at him, and go, "Well, oh, he hasn't, you know, he didn't score many goals whilst he's been in Syria." But I think he's a really good player. He could probably thrive in the Premier League. He's just one of those names that's not fancied anymore.
1: Mm. I do. I, if you take the big names, like John said, if you take Haaland and Mbappe out of the equation, I'd struggle to think of five. Mm-hmm. If that, Well, I well would the way forward the is like Man like City, isn't it? No, not really relying on a striker.
2: Yeah. Scoring from you, everywhere. Could,
1: you could argue that Arsenal, when they looked really, really good, you could argue that, that I think we looked our most dangerous offensively going back however many years it was when we didn't play Giroud, but we played Sanchez there. And he was that sort of hybrid coming off the left-hand side. Wasn't necessarily a striker, but he was such... you yeah. just so... You know, such endeavour and such, you know, pace and. Uh... Will
0: you even even think back to um, Under Wenger when Omri was sort of in his pomp?
1: He was. And Omri says it himself.
0: He's not a striker. He was never a striker. Even when he was scoring all those goals, he said, "Look at the position I took up on the pitch every single game." He said, "Look where I made my runs." He said, "Burkamp technically was should have been our furthest forward player because he was a real ten. He said, I wasn't a striker, I was a winger. I was just a winger who got to not have to track back and got to play through the middle whenever I wanted and just go where I wanted. Um, and really, that that Wenger team basically played with, you know, um, six midfielders, essentially, and not like an out-and-out striker unless like Wiltord or someone came on. So it, it's weird to think that the only sort of other traditional superstar striker I can think of is a really old one who still plays now and I still think he's a really good player is Benzema. Do you mm. know what I mean? He like like fits that sort of mould.
1: Maybe, obviously. maybe Jamie Vardy to an extent as well.
0: Yeah, Vardy is and uh, I'm, I'm not even going to mention that twat down, you know,
1: down the other oh no, he. Yeah. he I, I think he's a done deal. I think he's yeah. gone. Yeah. I think he missed, um, he missed his chance in the summer and he's going to regret it. Yeah. And so the, the, other, the other one the money. other one
0: I would throw in there would be Lukaku, but he's not seen quite the same since he's come back from his injury. I know Chris doesn't like him and thinks he's a fraud, but um <laughs> his goals, what, yeah his his goals and his record, and all his medals say otherwise Chris, but there you go. he's
1: one of those where if he's on firing on all cylinders, he is unplayable, yeah, he has to be happy as well. Yeah, mm. he, he was he a bit like
0: him, a yeah. bit like Drogba in that sense. Drogba was another one who, when he was on fire, you just couldn't play against him. It, it, it didn't matter what you did or what defenders you had in front of him. He was a yeah. I think if you, you
1: know. get if you, Lukaku's on for, on form, playing well, it doesn't matter who yeah. he's playing against. He's going to tear yeah. him apart.
0: Yeah. But yeah, there there aren't many out there anymore, so we have to go find the find the next one. Hopefully,
1: <laughs> right. I think John, the closest think. internal solution we've got is Martinelli, because yeah. he yeah. He Reminds me of Sanchez the way he plays. I think he, if yeah. he develops the way we hope he's going to, he's going to be that kind of player. Yeah, we had a few like that. Masau um, and
2: Sandy Cathollo in his first season with us on that left hand side banged in what 15 goals in that first season before he moved inside. Another yeah. one and, and Sanchez and Henri. Yeah, if if uh, Martinelli bulks up
0: a bit, I mean, even now he's still like, I mean, when he threw himself into Van Dyke and then sort of hurt himself, I thought was quite funny in the first leg of the Liverpool game. But if he can bulk up a bit more, he's still very young. Um, yeah, he, he could definitely be. He's the most analogous player we have to to Sanchez.
2: Definitely. Mm. I think, John, all we've got to do now is gentlemen's nods, and uh, then then you can close the show, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't have a gentleman's nod because I'm not a gentleman. Um, I do frequent gentlemen's clubs, so I don't know why they are called that. There's never any gentlemen in there. Um, James, would you like to give a nod to anyone?
1: Yeah, I think I'll give my nod to uh, Mr. Carpenter this week because – and so, uh, I do make fun of him. I do make fun of the, uh, the French League. And I only do that to wind him up. But he is a very knowledgeable guy. He's a very good dude. And on and off, we've been, I've been podcasting him with the best part of eight, nine years now. And I've always had a good, I've always had a high opinion of him. So I thought, you know, instead of making fun of him, I'll say something nice today. Wow.
2: Look at that little heartfelt message. Danny, do you have a, a gentleman's nod? You no, know, James, you were on ABW podcast number four and number ten and thirteen and fifty. And then the next one was three hundred and seventy-two. <laughs> Where
1: were you for three hundred and twenty-two shows? Oh, we, we were doing our own show, weren't
2: we? Uh, that's it. But yeah, unfortunately look,
1: for that, then know, yeah, the, the elements and the universe conspired against us. If you go to um, UK there is a list of every
2: podcast everyone's been on with um, with the numbers. I'm obviously. Top and then it's Chris and then it's Jeff and then John and then I've no oh, Josh. I, mean, I
0: was gonna say, no, yeah, Josh must uh, have taken me. Josh
2: has just overtaken you and John's yeah. ca- and Carl's catching you. But
1: uh yeah, there's, um,
0: Danny, I asked you a question. You're fucking useless. This is why I would I never know. have Danny as a guest if I was
1: actually in charge. <laughs> um I'd say ironically, listen- we used to have him as a guest all the time. <laughs> it's, I
2: know, it's lovely.
1: Um yeah,
2: go and have a listen to the Gooners podcast. Uh, Mister Mister Davies, the one, the man who would kill me if he ever saw me, go and listen in to the. He was our guest on the Gooners podcast um, a couple of nights ago with with Mike and Owen and Jared, and uh, he sings a little song at the beginning of the podcast about a certain person who's now doing bird, and it's it's very funny. He's actually on form, and he was speaking rather than. Rather than oh Yakida, doing that is actually talking towards the microphone. And I thought fuck me, we've been trying to get him to do that for seven years, and he's finally yeah, figured I, out. He I got have a no speech. idea who
1: you're talking about. I know are you, I know who the song's about, but Jason <laughs> used to be on here before. Oh, course, you
2: want, yeah. before you want, uh, he talked to have me assassinated, he got um, got John Wick to come round. Uh, he was yeah, only so gonna go- <laughs> <laughs> so going to let your tyres down. So go and kind of listen to that. At the beginning of that is brilliant. The Gooners podcast is very funny. Have um, you got any, John?
0: Um, no, I, I yeah, no, I just hate people. Um, yeah, no, yeah, My shout out is to everyone who gave the new Matrix film a bad rating. Um, my shout out is also to the people who made Spider Man. Well done, you didn't fuck it up. You did very well. I'm impressed. Congratulations. This nerd applauds. Um, Thank you so much!
1: Was, it got massive, nerd applause from me, and I didn't yeah. see on my own when I saw it the first time. Yeah, it, w- it
0: was very good. Um, I got a little bit emotional, not gonna lie. Um, and I cannot fun tell see- you how
1: angry I was at the fucking Matrix sequel. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> like I bad. have not seen. I will say this now, just because we're coming to the tail end of the podcast, and I feel like I can go a bit of a run. But I challenge anyone listening to this out there in the world you come up with a worse character reintroduction than he did with the Merovingian because that was unbelievably shit awful
0: yeah and and for for younger people who maybe weren't around or weren't quite old enough at the time when the matrix came out i'm gonna guess james is similar age or maybe a few years younger i don't know than myself i saw the matrix i'm probably older when i was you'd be surprised mate um i was 15 16 what was it 99 99 2000 99 something like that i so i was like 14 15 maybe when it came out and there was like there wasn't like proper spoilers out then so i i go uh, there was this trailer and it was like to see the matrix or to understand it you have to see it to believe it and that was it and it was like oh this is cool
1: i was, I was 21 like, when it came out
0: oh okay wow you look much younger than me <laughs>
2: um i was 28.
0: i was i was very excited i went to cinema with my friend and we left with rage against machine blaring who was one of my favorite bands at the time um, and we walked out of the cinema, and I've never been that aroused as a teenager <laughs> in my life, and just my mind completely blown. The only the only thing I could possibly equate it to is like what people must have been like when they walked out of the cinemas for the very first Star Wars film in the seventies, and it's just this perfect moment of my childhood. I was like, oh, they're coming back to it, and it's like this, the original cast and everything. And I saw a little bit of the trailer. I was like, that looks worrying. I was like, no, I'm not going to judge. I'm going to sit down and watch it. I have never been so disappointed in my life. I wouldn't hit a woman, but I would hit both the Wachowski sisters hard in the face, even though only one of them was involved.
2: I I think a DNA test might argue with you there.
1: I can understand that. I mean, the first film is pretty much flawless. Hmm. The second, for all its faults, has a lot of really good stuff in it. Yeah. The third is crap. Oh, the yeah, third yeah. is positively fucking inspired, but I can compare to the fourth. The fourth <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. is
1: it's just I was physically irritated by it the whole way through. I'm sitting and I think, "Oh no, they're not doing this." The worst yeah. thing about it is there's a little period somewhere where you get a scene between Neo and Trinity where you think, "This is actually pretty cool. This is actually quite nice." They, the, the two of them, Carrie-Anne Moss and Keanu Reeves together on screen is about the only thing that saves it from being a complete clusterfuck. But other it's, than that, you and, take and two then, of your uh, most iconic characters from the first film and you recast them, and you recast them terribly.
0: Yeah. And, and the fighting's garbage. Like, the whole thing about the first film was so cool because they were actually punching each other. And yeah. every punch is pulled and they're not getting hit. It's just... Oh, go and watch. Like, don't don't waste your time. Go and watch some old John Carpenter films like The Thing or Big Trouble and Little China. It's just like miles better. See, you we know, I, we, so we could do
1: a podcast on why Big Trouble and Little China is one of the m- oh. cle- smartest films you will watch. It's so clever. It's amazing. It's so it. good. I think it's oh, one. Nick, put, it's, it's one of those ones where I think a lot. What a lot of people don't realize is so clever and good about it is it subverts the American hero. The American the, the, Kurt Russell is not the hero. He he's just a fucking he's the moron
0: in it. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good
1: i think our nick sums it up
2: perfectly he says i pirated it and i still want my money back on that rubbish <laughs> yeah i've yeah, got I it totally and agree. i've not watched it i got it about a month ago still well, did you just it. say you've never seen big trouble in little china i don't remember seeing it last I four, 126 films i watched last year
1: really
2: i think need you to should watch it. it just because you're missing out i did watch memento though that we've in it. that was very good, good. Yeah, and and then I film. watched uh, Anna come over the other night and we watched Nobody again. Magnificent film. I keep meaning to watch that. I haven't
1: seen that yet. What,
0: what, what you also, I will recommend as well, and i probably put this on Twitter, and now this is just turned into a film podcast. Uh, if you haven't seen it already, is Pig with Nicolas Cage. It's fantastic.
1: There's a there's a decent film. I, every now and then I like watching lower budget films that sneak up on you that are really good. There's one on Netflix called Upgrade, which is really good.
0: Ah, uh, yeah, I've seen it. I've still sort of watched that. That's good. But but Pig in particular, if you have not watched it, if you're a Nicolas Cage fan, you'll enjoy it anyway because he's in it. But it's funny because it's what I imagine, Stokes, if your life doesn't quite go the path you want it to, mm. Nicolas Cage's character is going to be you and a few years, you know, in 20, 30 years' time in the film. And I'm trying to work out which one of the other characters is Jock. And it's quite fun whilst I was watching it. And I was like, ah. Oh. Imagine, equate- imagine John, the, the best way to describe it is John Wick, but it's chefs and there's no guns.
1: Oh, that sounds about right then. <laughs> the, the, incidentally, the film characters, a lot of people always associate with me and Jocker, um, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern in Home Alone. <laughs> Oddly, yes. Yeah? Not the remake. Oh, no, not dear. the remake, Jesus. Uh,
2: oh, pigs! Oh, like Escape from, from New
1: York's another really good John yeah, Carpenter film. No, it's not Escape from LA, which is pants though. Yeah. No, that's
0: that's very bad. But yeah, John Carpenter made
1: some great films. I saw it on Precinct <laughs> 13 as well. Yes, very good. We could talk about John Carpenter all night. No.
0: Um, right, we're going to wrap it up now. Um, if you want a random impromptu movie podcast, maybe we'll do that one night. <laughs> if yes. there isn't, if there, if there is a week without any Arsenal
1: news, hey, I'd be game which... for that.
2: And (laughs) puddings,
0: hopefully, (laughs) hopefully, will happen at some
2: point. Films and puddings. We
1: talk about films whilst eating puddings.
0: We can talk about about
1: films and strudels, or better still, puddings in films. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Pudding, our favourite pudding, like strudel in in Inglorious Bastards, that kind of thing. Yeah, crumble
0: Right, go on, John, end the show. Now we're going to wrap up. Now, so obviously tomorrow we're going to have the post-game thing. uh, Danny and Femi. Femi, is it? Me, yep. and maybe one more yep. um, are you doing a pre-game one Danny? Or I not? will
2: be but so far I haven't got anybody for that I'm not, okay, I've so am there's a few I can ask
0: tomorrow it will be Danny and the creepy picture behind him of his child during the pre-game um, which just leads me to say uh, James thank you very much for coming on you're welcome as always um, pleasure Danny, thank you for being, you know, conscious for some of it and actually paying attention and not being on your phone the whole time.
2: Well, thank you very much for hosting, John. It's so uh, it's nice not to have to do it myself because I don't like it.
0: Yeah, well I mean I wasn't really hosting, was I, I was just talking bollocks. <laughs> um but yeah, we've been at Burkheim Wonderland. Hopefully we get a win tomorrow, get away to the final, and hopefully Burnley don't cancel the game at the weekend. <laughs> but we'll just see. Uh, and Danny and Femi will see you tomorrow.
1: Good night. Adios. As soon as I scored that goal, I was fucking livid. Splendid business. Get down,
2: dog.